0: Okay, let's start with a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for today. We thank you for your kindness in our lives. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you because you have shown us your love um, beyond any doubt. So we say thank you. We thank you, thank for a new month. This is the month of um, November, the eleventh month in this year, two thousand and twenty-one. And all through the f- um, first ten months, we have seen your, we have seen your kindness. You have indeed been faithful to us. Despite our our unfaithfulness, Lord, you have been faithful because you cannot deny yourself. So we say thank you. Great one, we ask that you teach us tonight. Holy Spirit, come and teach us by yourself. Grant unto us an experience of your truth. Reveal your word to us in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray for those that aren't here. Holy Spirit, we ask that you nod their hearts and um, send your angels to make it possible for them to be here in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, from Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right. Before I go on, let me just be sure we can hear us. Um, so please give me a thumbs up if you can hear me both on mixlr and on zoom. Okay, great. I see thumbs up on mixlr. Sorry, I see thumbs up on Zoom. I mean. Um, just let me know if you can hear me before I continue. Both on Mixlr and on Zoom. Let me know if you can hear me. Okay, hallelujah. So today, we are looking at identity, all right? We're looking at identity, and uh, <clears throat> we want to understand who we are <clears throat> in God. Excuse me. want to understand who we are in God, all right? And why this is important is because, you know, the Bible says, uh, sorry, not the Bible. Not the Bible, right? But it's a common quote by... Um, Uh, Miles Moore of Blessed Memory, he says that when the purpose of a thing is not known, then abuse is inevitable, all right? Meaning when you don't know the purpose of, of of a particular thing, right? Then abuse is inevitable. And before you know the purpose of a thing, you need to be able to identify what that thing is. And it's also true in our work with God that even before you begin to talk about your purpose, give me a minute, please. even before you begin to talk about your purpose in God, that you need to first identify who you are. You need to know who you are. And it so happens that, you know, Psalm 100 verse um, verse 3, let me, let me just read that out to us Psalm 100 verse 3 says, um, says, we didn't create ourselves. All right, it says, know ye that the Lord, he is God. He says it is he that had made us, meaning it is God that has actually made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So we did not create ourselves. And because we did not create ourselves, we cannot derive our identity. It is the same way the makers of the phone are, are the ones that gave the phone an identity. The phone cannot wake up one morning and decide to become. A tree, or decide to become a an oven, or decide to become a mobile, um, uh, an automobile. Right? It can't do that because it did not create itself. And even if it tries tries to behave like like a car, it still would not become a car because it is it will become a dysfunctional um, entity. So, because God created us, we can only turn to Him for our identity. And if you ask me right now, I'll tell you that in the world, especially in the Western world, there's what I will call identity crisis. People don't know who they are anymore. And so they are trying to become, they are trying to invent themselves. And it so happens that God did not give us the liberty to invent ourselves. In fact, even in, in, in purpose, right, there's no liberty to create your purpose. You only discover your purpose. It is the same thing too with identity. There's no liberty to to define yourself, you only realize who you are in God. And it is only in God that your true identity can be unveiled. Simply because it is God that created us. That is the very plain and simple um, response. So the reason why it is only in God we can discover our true self is because God is the one that created us. And several things about us can be hidden until we enter a realization of who we are. That is, you will never maximize certain potentials and certain capacity, right, until you are able to identify who you are in Christ Jesus, okay? And this is a very, very, very important series, and I really encourage us to follow through on this series, because you will see how that, even when depression comes, it is the devil targeting your identity. The devil is dangling another identity in front of you, and he's trying to tell you, you can't amount to anything. You are not a great person. Um, you are a failure, and he's giving you an alternate reality, okay? And he's trying to superimpose that reality upon your true identity. And that is what he aims to achieve. Because he knows that the moment you realize who you are, a lot of his tactics will never play out. Have you ever noticed, I mean, think about this now, that you've grown in God, you've grown um, in your work with God, and so some things that used to bother you before no longer bother you anymore. Or think about it like a, um, a child for instance right or think about yourself when you were a child maybe when you were a teenager um that's for those of you now listening that are already grown up okay so when you're a teenager you if someone came and if someone looked at you and say let's assume you are a lady and the person says oh your hair is so ugly all of a sudden you feel so sad you you, you might even start crying and you'll be so moody because someone said you're ugly or said your hair is ugly. But now, as an adult, someone tells you your hair is ugly, you probably respond to the person, are you the one that paid for my hair? What's your business? Because it no longer has anything on you. But some years ago, that comment or that statement could throw you off balance. It is the same thing too in Christ, that as we grow in Christ, when the devil comes to say certain things like, oh, you're a failure, you made a mistake yesterday, that means you are, you are not good enough. Once you've grown in Christ, all those statements, you brush them off you because you know that is not your identity. You know that that's the enemy trying to um, trying to portray an image on you that is not your identity. So this is a super important topic. And you find out that everything we do hinges upon the realization of our identity in Christ Jesus. That means our conduct, our behavior, our disposition towards life, the way we view things is Completely hinged on how we see ourselves in Christ Jesus. You know, before, before I continue, let me share, share an experience um, a man of God shared um, with with me personally. And um, he said, some years ago, when like a few years ago, he was praying to God, and he just felt like he had exhausted his current um, his current le- um, level in ministry, and he just he didn't he knew there was something more, but he couldn't just tell what what it was. And he went to God and prayed. Like he, so he waited on God in fast and he and, you know, kept on praying. And God spoke to him and said, if you say you are a giant, take giant steps. And that word that came to him spurred him up. And that's how they began building their new auditorium, began opening schools, began um, spreading branches all around. Simply from that statement, if you say you are a giant, then take giant steps. And what God did in that statement was to point him back to his identity in God, all right? And this is what really happens. The moment you have a, real, a revelation of your identity in God, you'll notice that your actions will drastically change, drastically. Think about it this way. Imagine I come to you and I tell you that, that let's assume you never knew, but I tell you that, wow, do you realize that you are part of the lineage of the Queen of England, in fact, according to our history, right, you are the seventh person to the throne, and you are, you have equal rights to certain amount of, um, of of inheritance. I assure you, all of a sudden, the way you see yourself will change. The way you begin to act will change. The next time you go to a shopping mall and they say, and the owner of the mall says, I think you ask for a particular shoe, and the owner of the mall says, Wow, this shoe is expensive. All of a sudden, it no longer feels expensive to you because you have an idea of who you are. Identity changes our disposition to life. Identity also influences our actions in life. And this is why it is important that we know who we are in Christ Jesus. <clears throat> All right. So to begin this study, and, and today is just an introduction, by the way, we would go, we we'll progress gradually from the um, our next Bible study. But today is to lay a basic foundation on this topic. All right. So to proceed further, let us go back to the beginning. Let's go to the book of Genesis, where it all started from. So, if you will, turn to me. Turn with me rather to Genesis chapter one. Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-eight. Sorry, verse twenty-four to twenty-eight. Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-four to twenty-eight. Please, if you are there on um, Zoom, read
1: for us. Yep, anyone on
0: Zoom helping us out? Genesis chapter 1, verse 24 to verse 28. Okay, let me read that. Genesis chapter 1 from verse... 24. And, and please, I'm going to read it slowly, so just follow me as we go. And God said, let the earth bring forth the living creatures, creature after his kind. And mark this word, he says, after his kind, all right, or after its kind, um, as English may permit. He says, "Cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. So what God did was that, every every creature produced after his own kind <clears throat> pretty much verse 25 and god made the beast of the earth after his kind again god made the beast of earth after his kind and cattle after their kind and everything that creeped upon the earth after his kind and it god saw it was good so god made the cattle after its own kind let me explain what that means meaning When God made the animals, they were designed to to reproduce after their own nature, after their own character, after their own kind, okay? You know how we have mankind, so also we have animal kind, meaning the animals, the birds, the creeping creatures were all created to produce after their own kind, meaning if the sheep, if the cattle gives birth to a, a young one, the young one will will look like the cattle itself. If the cattle gives birth to, if the the bird gives birth to a child, to a baby bird, right? The bird will look after its kind. That was the original design for for the animals, okay? So um, let me take the last part of verse 25 again. It says, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after its kind. But look at what happens in verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness whereas the animals were were made after their own kind man was made after the likeness of god so he was made after the god kind all right verse 26 again says and god said i want to 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 say make a statement here right um in the hebrew when he says go and god said the the word god there is elohim all right and Elohim is a is the plural of Eloah, and what this means basically it says it means the God kind, right? It means it's the Godhead, head. Sorry, um, and so when it says and God said was the the, the the Hebrew is the plural form, and this sh- suggests us that um, it was making reference to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. In fact, when we read Amplified Classic, it actually puts it that way. So, and and I'm saying this because we'll come back to this later on, and it's something I want to point out to us. Okay. So verse 26 says, Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, and God said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. So man originally was made in the image of God, and we see this represented all through scripture. Man was made in the image of God, man was made in the likeness of God, meaning man was made to resemble God, and and when I say resemble God, I'm not... We're not necessarily talking about the physical outlook. We're talking about the spiritual resemblance. Man was made to to look like God in the realm of the spirit. All right? And he was made in the likeness of God, meaning he was made to have the qualities and the characteristics of God. And this is very important because you see that man in his original design, and when I say man, I mean mankind, both male and female, all right? Man in his original design was meant to represent God such that if man speaks or if man acts, it will be no different from when God acts. Do you understand that? And this is why, you know, when Adam was operating in his original design, he could name all the birds of the air, name all the fish in the water, name all the animals on, on ground, and everything that he named was so because it was exactly what God would have named it if God decided to name it. You understand what I'm saying? And that's God, that's man's original design. God designed man to operate on his behalf. So God says, let's create man. Let's create man in our image and in our likeness. Do you get that? So, in our image, meaning that wherever man shows up, it will be as though God showed up. And in our likeness, meaning that his character, his qualities, his properties will be the same as God. Of course, this doesn't mean he will become God, but rather he will be an extension of God. And, and let me explain um, what God's original intention was. You know that God already ruled in the heavens; He was He operated and He He was sovereign. He 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 um, He governed in the heavens. God wanted to extend His dominion right on the earth. So God created the earth. And the Bible lets us know that in Hebrews that everything God created was for his own pleasure. So God was not under any pressure to create anything. He was, he has been God before we existed. He will always be God long after we've gone. In fact, before creation ever began, both the heavens or the earth, before creation ever begun, he was self-sustaining and self-sufficient. So he didn't need anything else to be God, but he created all things for his pleasure, right? So when he created the earth, he wanted, he wanted to extend his authority and dominion over the earth. So for his pleasure, he said what? He said, you know what? Let me create, let us create um, man and let's give man the authority to rule on the earth as though I, I was the one ruling. All right. That's what God had in his heart. So God created man to represent him on earth in every form. That is why, again, like I said. God was Man was created in the image of God and the likeness of God such that whatever man did on earth, in his accurate position now, it was as though God did it. And God never questioned any activity of man up until man fell. So when man created the animals, um, when, sorry, when, when God created the animals, man named the animals and everything he named the animals, that, that is what it was. And in fact, if <clears> you <throat> think about this, when even God uh, made when God formed Eve, right, man was sleeping, number one. So he did he was not conscious of what of, of what was going on. The Bible says that man was um, God put man to a deep sleep. However, when he woke up, he saw a, a woman, he automatically named her woman. And he said, Because out of my rib you were found. Question is, how did he know that it was out of his rib if he was asleep? <clears throat> Do you understand? That means man was operating at, at, at optimum capacity at that point in time, so that he could operate like God and know things that at that point only God could have known. Because man was asleep when the rib was taken out. However, when he woke up, he knew that it was from his rib that this cre- this second creature was formed. He not only that, he went further to name her woman, and then he also named her Eve. All right. That's because. At that point, man was operating in his God-giving capacity. Okay, we're still in verse 26. Let's continue. And God said, Let us make man in our image and our likeness. The next verse say, next sentence, next phrase rather says, And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So the moment Um, God says, let's make man in our image and in our likeness, the consequence of making someone like him, right, is that he has to have dominion. And this is the purpose of of the identity. And we're going to look at this um, in in just a few minutes, that God made man in his image and his likeness so that he can have dominion. If man was not made in the image of God, it would be impossible for man to exercise dominion. The reason is because... Only those that were created in the image of God can exercise dominion. All right, <clears throat> and I want to point you to something. Let me just show you something quickly. That you know, you see that it isn't, it isn't unique to to man alone. If you look at verse twenty two, right, God blessed the animals, saying, "Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth." So, and I mean, this sounds very similar to what God also said in verse twenty eight, right, which were. We're going to read soon, but just want to point out to you that God actually blessed the animals, that's the cattle, the birds of the earth, the fish, and all of that. He blessed them, and he blessed them to be fruitful and multiply. So in that regard, man was not the only creature that God blessed to be fruitful and, and to multiply. But I'll show you where the difference comes in. All right, so verse 27 now. <clears throat> so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him male and female created he them before i go to verse 28 i want to explain something because if you're if you curious bible students you'll probably be asking that at this point god created uh, mankind male and female however we don't see the female version up until um chapter chapter two all right so what then happened and let me explain this now God's creation, right? And I've, I've shared this with us before in, verse, in, um, in Bible study. In chapter one, God created man. In chapter two, God formed man. The difference is that in chapter one, the creation was first of all the spiritual possibility of an existence. So when God created man, right, in, in chapter one, <clears throat> there was no physical man yet at that point. However, what God did was that He created a possibility of a creature called man. And that creature exists in two versions, the male version and the female version, all right? So that possibility was created in the realm of the Spirit. However, it was not yet manifested. It had not yet manifested. And if you look at the other creation as well. They existed in the realm of the Spirit before they even manifested the plants, the animals. And we're not going into that, but please do your Bible study. Look at um, Genesis chapter one and look at Genesis chapter two. You find out that in chapter one, God created, in chapter two, God formed. What that means is that in chapter one, he created the spiritual possibility of the creatures existing. Then in chapter two, he eventually formed the physical, tangible manifestation of what had already been created. And let me just say this to us as a spiritual principle. There will never be a physical manifestation if the possibility has not already been secured in the realm of the spirits. So for instance, someone wants to... um, um, Let's say someone wants to start a business. Before that business can manifest on earth, you must first create it in the realm of the spirit. And that happens in the place of prayer, prophetic declarations, and all of that. And then before you can eventually go for that, to form it on the earth, all right? So back to our explanation. So God created both male and female. And we now see in chapter two that God first of all formed man. That is, he formed the male version of mankind, and when he formed the male version of mankind after a while god saw that ah it's not good for this male version to be alone and then from the male version he created the female version all right however he, he formed the female version rather however remember in chapter 1 that he had already created them male and female okay and this is why again this just this was debunks and shows the foolishness of the so called um of the so called um lgbtq community and the rest trying to create uh, create other versions that never existed. There are only two versions of mankind, either male or female. Anything outside of that is not recognized and it's not, it's not of God, okay? So we see <clears throat> um, that he created them both male and female. Okay, let's go to verse eight, 28. And God blessed them. So remember in 22 that God also blessed the animals as well. He said, verse 28 now says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Up to this point, the blessing was the same. The same thing God said with the animals. Let me read verse 22 again. And God blessed them. And um, this is verse 22. Then here means the animals he had created. All right. If you read from verse 21 or previous verses, you would see that. So verse 22 says, and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the sea and let the fowls multiply on the earth. So, this was the animals God talked to. He blessed them and asked them to be fruitful and multiply as well. So, God said the same thing, the same thing to man in verse 28. And up until this point, there was nothing different, but we'll see where the difference begins. Let me read verse 28 again. And God blessed them and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. So, you see that from that subduing, that's where the difference comes. He says, And have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl in the air, the, um, every living thing that moves upon the earth. So dominion, and this is where I, one, one, one of the things I really want to narrow in. Dominion is one of the key differentiators between mankind and any other creation, all right? Because no other creation was given the right to dominate. It was only man that God ever spoke to and said, have dominion. No other creature was given the right to have dominion Okay, it was only man. And why was only why was man the only creature that had the ability to have dominion? Man was the only creature that could have dominion because man is the only creature that is created in the image of God. Every other creature was created after its own kind, but man was created after God's own kind. And because man was created after God's own kind, he had the liberty to exercise dominion. Never forget this. You can only exercise dominion if you are created in the image of God. And this already explains why the moment a man sinned, he lost that dominion to the enemy. Because he sin, his sin made him lose the image of God that he was created. All right. I want to show you something. Please, please stay with me. You know, you know, this is the Bible study, I've been so we'll open scriptures today, and I'm 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 not even going to be in a hurry. So that we can really digest some foundational truth all right so please stay with me um let's go to genesis chapter genesis chapters so um chapter hold on this is chapter chapter five but there's something oh give just a minute, mean I, I want to trace something out for you and and show you Show you a very a stark contrast between um, um, Adam and his children. So please give me a few minutes. Let me just find this scripture. It is somewhere in this should be in the New Testament. Um, New Testament. So this should be in Luke chapter.
1: Chapter. What is it now? Um, you guys give me a few minutes.
0: So that I'm looking for the genealogy in the book of Luke. So if you find that for me, help me out. Um, okay, great. Luke chapter three. Thank you very much. <clears throat> I want to show you something, please. Everyone, if you can open it, open to Luke chapter three, right? We're going to come back to Genesis, but I want to show you something. Luke chapter three um Luke chapter 3 if you start from verse from verse um, from verse 23 right why don't we read all of that but if you start from verse 23 it begins to talk about the genealogy of Jesus Christ and like i have shared with us before the gospels the four gospels had um separate emphasis they all talk about Jesus Christ but they emphasize different dimensions of Jesus Christ okay so for Luke he emphasized the humanity of Jesus all right and so that is why um, Luke traced his genealogy to down to Adam, just to show that um, Jesus Christ was eventually a man. If you check the genealogy in the book of Matthew, Matthew traced his own genealogy to to Abraham, right, representing kingship and and um, lordship. And you see that uh, Matthew marks generations according to dispensation of kings okay so we're not going to look into that however i want to show you something in the genealogy of luke if you read from verse 23 23 says and jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age being as was supposed the son of joseph which was the son of heli right and then he continues to be uh, to say um heli was the son of matthad and all of that all of that all of that go down to verse 37 So Luke continued to trace the genealogy of Jesus. And then in verse 37, he says, which was the son of Methuselah, which was the son of Enoch, which was the son of Jared, which was the son of Malileo, which was the son of Canaan, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. That is what I'm going to, that in this genealogy, everybody was the son of a man. But when it came to Adam's point, right, if Adam was called the son of God, why it was because Adam was created initially in the image of God. So he was, he was, he could, he represented the son of God, or he was the son of God in that case. However, no other person after Adam was called the Son of God up until Jesus came. Because after Adam sinned, he lost that identity of being in the image of God. And so because of that, the people that Adam gave birth to, began; they were now giving birth to after Adam's kind, instead of being giving birth to after God's kind. Remember in Genesis, the original plan was that every other creature was created after its own kind, but when it came to man, man was created after God's kind. And God's intention was that every other person that will be giving birth to, right, will be giving birth to after God's kind. However, when Adam sinned, he lost that image of God that was embedded in his spirit man. And so when he reproduced, he reproduced after his own kind, no longer after God's kind. And that's why we have here that Adam, Adam was the son of God, right? While every person that he gave birth to was the son of the son of Adam, the son of Cain, the son of Abel, the son of this, the son of that, all right? So I am going through this length to just show us our original identity. All right, so let's go back to Genesis chapter one. Um, chapter one, so... I, will, I, I, I emphasize and I said here that the reason why man could have dominion was because man is the only creature created after the image of God. That is why he could have dominion. And I said this, that you can only have dominion if you are in the image of God. And like I said, this explains why Adam lost his dominion because the moment he sinned, right, he lost the image of God and consequently he lost the dominion authority and dominion mandate that was given to him all right and then he fell and this also suggests to you that the moment we receive Christ and we are embedded in Christ we regain back the dominion authority that God, God Christ that God initially gave Adam because in Christ Jesus we are, we adopt the image of of God hallelujah all right so this is our introductory verse of scripture um let us see some few points that i made here Okay, um, so I said here on my slides that each creature was designed to produce after its kind, but man was created after God's kind, and I've already ex- ex- explained this and emphasized it as well. I also said here that we can only know ourselves when we look to God. This is super important. That the only way we can truly know ourselves is when we look to God, because we God, you know, you know, you know, when they say. You know, when they say when we look at a child that looks so much like, 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 let's say a girl now that looks so much like her mother, a typical expression in Nigeria is that we say um, they literally cut this girl out of the, out of the mother, like she would literally, basically say that they brought her out of the mother because of how similar they look. That is exactly what, how God designed us to be, that God created us in his image. I, I want you to think about it for some time. He created us in his own image and in his likeness, meaning wherever we stand by original design, people should see God. And I'm not just talking about your physical look alone, but I'm saying even in the realm of the spirit, when we legislate authority, we should represent God in that dimension, all right? And our character, our conduct should also represent God. So the only way we can truly know ourselves is when we look at God. Because we're not created after ourselves, we're created after the image of God. So the only way we can truly know ourselves is to look at God. This is why I have a problem with setting, and I understand where some people could be coming from when they make this statement, but for the most part, you know, when you hear this statement from people of the world, when they say, look within you, look into your heart, right? Just tell, look in your heart, you know what to do, you look within you. I have a problem with that statement because... The moment you begin to look to yourself outside of Christ, you will never have an accurate image of who you are. In fact, Jeremiah says, "We did not." I'm sorry. Um, Psalms, where we read Psalms 100 verse 1 says, "We did not create ourselves." Right? We are the sheep of your pasture. Psalms 100 verse 3. I beg your pardon. He says, "We didn't create ourselves," so it's impossible for us to look to ourselves to derive an, our our identity. Jeremiah said, "It is not given to man to direct his steps," meaning that. Because we're created, we cannot derive our identity from ourselves. We are still a created being. We can only derive our identity when we look to God in whose image we have been created. All right? And I said here that God created us in his image and likeness so that we can represent him accurately on the earth by exercising dominion. Only those created in God's image can rule on his behalf. Never forget this. Only those created in God's image can rule on His behalf, and this explains why, as powerful as angels are, and as as dynamic as their ministry is, yet God did not entrust the earth to them because they were not created in the image of God. Never in anywhere would you see that angels were created after the image of God. No. Yes, angels minister to God. Yes, angels could reflect and represent dimensions of God, but they were not created in image of God. And so, because they were not created in image of God, the dominion of the earth was not given to angels, all right? So, let's look at what the psalmist said in Psalm 8, verse 3 to verse 9. Um, Psalm 8, verse 3 to verse 9. Um, Just give a minute, power be back on. But so far, if you have understood... Everything we are, uh, have been saying so far. Please drop a comment in the chat. Let me know you're with me. Drop um, a thumbs up. Tell me if you understand. If you have been blessed so far, let me see it in the um, in the chat. Okay, let me see it, and then we will continue. All right, as we turn our Bibles to Psalm eight. Let me let let me see um, if we're following. Um, mixer and on Zoom. Please drop a comment in the chat if you're following so far. If the explanation is clear so far, please let me know. And if it isn't clear, by all means, let me know. We will answer questions at the end of the teaching. All right. Um, I see a comment. Oh, I see a thumbs up on on um, on Zoom. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Anyone else giving me a thumbs up or letting me know they understand so far? I don't see any comment on MixLR yet. If you're on Mixella, please let me know you're following us. Okay, I see a thumbs up again on Zoom. Thank you very much. So we are together. All right, Mixella, anybody? Okay, well, I'm going to move on by faith, but Mixella, I would love to know if you guys are with me. So please let me see your comments or your thumbs up or just something that lets me know we are together in this. Okay. Awesome. So I see a thumbs up on Mixer. Great. great. So we are together. All right. Fantastic. So let's turn our Bibles to, um, sorry, to Psalms chapter eight. We'll build this line upon line, precept upon precept. Okay. I see a, a heart on on uh, Mixer. Okay. Yes, it is clear. Thank you. Yes, it's clear. Okay. Great. Great. Awesome. So we're all together. Fantastic. All right. Psalm eight, verse, <clears throat> verse three. This is one of the Psalms that you know, it just makes me stay in awe of God. And it shows us how much God really loves us, all right? So Psalm 8, verse 3. Psalm 8, verse 3. Please, someone should read for us. Um, It's quite quiet here. I, I don't be the only voice I hear. So someone should please volunteer on on Zoom to, to read for us. Psalm 8, verse um, verse 3 to verse...
2: Psalm 8, verse 3 to verse 9, yeah? Psalm 8, verse 3. Look at the splendor of your skies, your creative genius glowing in the heavens. When I gaze at your moon and your stars, mounted like jewels in their settings, I know you are the fascinating artist who fashioned it all, but I have to ask this question Why would you bother with pony? mortal man, or care about human beings. Yet, what honor you have given to man, created only a little lower than Elohim, crowned mm. with glory and magnificence. Six, you have delegated to them rulership over all you have made, with everything wow. under their authority, placing earth it itself under the feet of your image bearers. All the created order, and the living things of the earth, the sky and the sea, the widest beast and all that's moving in the path of the sea, everything in submission to Adam's son. To what?
0: So verse nine to the end actually.
2: Tonight, Yahweh your sovereign God, your glory streams from the heavens above, filling the earth with the, with the majesty of your name, people everywhere see your splendor.
0: Wow, hallelujah. This is quite a, a descriptive um, translation. I believe that's the TPT, right? Of yes. course. Awesome, awesome. So let me just pick out a few things from this verse and um, we will actually have to run, but we're only halfway through. So the is out of amazement, he said that he observed the stars, look at the, look at the moon, look at the galaxies, look at how vast the earth is, look at the, the size of other, creations, um, other creatures, I mean, look at how big the elephant is. Look at how dangerous the lion is. Look at how um, how strong the tiger is. And he had to ask a question. He says, what is man that you are mindful of him? In fact, you know the way he asked, he didn't say who is man, he says, what is man? Meaning that he had to investigate the qualities of this, of this creature that God had made him so special, right? And I want to put an emphasis on verse five that says, for thou hast made him a little lower. Now, in the King James Version and some other versions, it says you've made him a little lower than angels. However, um, in the Hebrew, the word angels is is actually Elohim. And I like the fact that um, TPT puts it that way. And um, theologians say that the the translators were probably too too wowed by by the gravity of our elevated position that, they felt it might not have been Elohim, probably would have been angels. But the correct translation is Elohim. And remember, I, I pointed uh, attention to um to Genesis 26, Genesis 1:26, when he says, and God said, Let us make man. And I told you that the the, the Hebrew word God there is Elohim. Okay. And we're seeing that same word re- repeated here. So it says he has made him a little lower than Elohim, meaning in the hierarchy of of in the hierarchy of god's creation man is at the apex of it that means after god what next you see is man meaning man is at is at the peak and the pinnacle of god's creation not even angels all right so he says you've made him a little lower than elohim elohim means god all right or the godhead you made him a little lower than the godhead and you've crowned him with glory and honor Look at the next verse, and I want to point attention to something that is important to our identity. It's a preliminary foundation to our identity. It says, thou made, has made him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, and thou hast put all things under his feet. The, mo- the first dimension to our identity that we must become um, conversant with is the dominion mandate. Every time we see that God made God every time we say that the Bible re- references the fact that God has made us in his image and his likeness what we see next is that we have dominion. And this is something super important that we must not forget. We must become one with that reality that God has given us dominion. And this is why if you see a believer being oppressed it is a paradox it is contrary to the will of God because how can the one who has been given dominion is now being subjected to another dominion. No, the only authority that God permits us to be subjected to is his authority. Not the authority of nature, not the authority of the doctor's report, not the authority of what the economic uh, is saying, <clears throat> not the authority of the devil, not any kind of authority. The only authority we are submitted to is God, because in the hierarchy, God is the only one above us. Every other thing the Bible says is beneath our feet. Okay, so we don't submit to any other authority except God. Except God, and God has given us dominion to um, to demonstrate on the earth. All right. So let's continue. I will just run through some things quickly, and um, um I uh, we should close. Oh wow. Okay. Now, so we have seen the original original mandates. We have seen the original intention. We have seen the original plan that God had for man, all right? So let's look at how man deviated and and um, l- let's see the consequence of it. So back again to Genesis, we are exploring the beginning of the beginning. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to verse 5. Um, trying to see if we can. Um, okay, yeah, we can conclude this. I'll, just, I'll be quick about it. All right, so Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 5. Um, I read, he says, now the serpent, and I want you to see how, again, how man lost his dominion, right? And you see that it's always tied to, to identity. Um, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And the serpent said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, <clears throat> We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, You shall not eat of it; neither shall ye touch it, lest you die. So the serpent came and began to question what God had said to the to the to the uh, people in the garden, to the couple in the garden. And then the, the woman said, Oh, you know well. God didn't say we shouldn't eat of any, any tree in the garden. He only said the one that is at the middle. We shouldn't eat it or else we will die. <clears throat> Look at what the serpent said next. Verse, verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. The word God there is Elohim. Basically saying you shall be like the like Elohim, knowing good and evil. So what the enemy came to do, right, to the woman, is that he came to sell to a woman another kind of identity. He said that in fact, you know what? God is hiding something from you. Let me just let me tell you the truth. You know me, I'm I'm older than you. Let me tell you what's going on. God is hiding something from you. Let me tell you what's hiding. He knows that the moment you eat of that tree that is in the middle of garden, your eyes will open and you become like him. And when you become like him, you begin to know good and evil. And and what the serpent was doing was he was enticing the woman with an identity that was not founded in God. Whereas God, remember Genesis 1, God had already made them in his image. What more can be what can be greater than that? What more can could there have could there have been other than the image of God? But the enemy came and sold them another identity, right? Trying to say, you become like God and listen, listen, I, I, let me just say it now. Um, I was going to say it later, but let me just say it now. The enemy always comes to sell you an alternate path to becoming who God has already said you are. Let me, let me ex- say that again. The enemy always comes to sell to you an alternate path of becoming who God has already said you are. Let me explain what I mean. <clears throat> For instance, somebody is someone doesn't have money right that's doesn't have cash he's broke for at the moment the enemy will come and say you don't you want to be rich let me show you a quick way to become rich get engaged in this activity just change some figures forge some papers and then you become rich what the enemy is trying to do is he's trying to sell this person another part to becoming rich whereas in the scriptures From God's perspective, this person is already rich because the Bible says God has given to you all that pertains to life and godliness. He's not going to give you. He has already given to you. The problem always lies in the fact that physically and tangibly, we have not seen it. And so because by nature we appreciate what we see and feel, the enemy capitalizes on that dimension of our flesh and tries to sell us an idea that the fact we've not seen it, that, that means we don't have it. And so he sells to us an alternate path of becoming who God has already said we are. And this is the trick of the devil, all right? And we shouldn't fall for it, by the way. So it says, verse um, 5, For God does know that in the day you eat of this, then your eyes will be opened, you become like God. Meanwhile, God had already created them to be like him. So what the enemy was selling to them was false, definitely. And I want us to see these same tactics employed in the book of Matthew, all right, when the enemy, <clears throat> when the devil confronted um, Jesus Christ. So go to Matthew chapter 3. Today is Bible study. So, you know, we are spending time dissecting and expounding the word of God um, to us. So Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. So this at this point, Jesus was um, being baptized by by um, John the Baptist, okay? Verse 16 says, and Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water and lo, the heavens were opened over him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. So this was a dramatic um, experience. It was a spectacular experience. When he came out of the water, heavens were opened. The spirit of God descended um, on him. In fact, some, some... Um, the other gospel says it descended on him in bodily form like a dough, meaning it was something that everybody could actually see because it came in a bodily form. And look at what happened next in verse 17. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So God spoke to Jesus Christ and said, Jesus, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So at this point, Jesus, let's even say, let's assume for what I, let's assume now that maybe just Christ didn't know he was the Son of God, but at this point, there was a clear, spectacular, supernatural manifestation of God revealing his identity to Jesus. So at this point, Jesus now knows that he is the Son of God, right? He knows his identity. Okay, let's go to the next chapter, um, chapter four, verse one. Then was Jesus led out of this, led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, listen to what the tempter said, verse three. He said, if thou be the son of God, what kind of a temptation is this? Just some verses ago, Jesus, God declared to Jesus that you are my son. You are the son of God in whom I will well pleased. The next few verses after, the devil is coming to tell Jesus and says, eh, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Do you notice that the first temptation the devil brought to Jesus was a temptation around his identity? And this is always the case for every one of us. The enemy will always come to question your identity in Christ. And if you understand the trick of the devil, you know not to fall for his tricks. Because sometimes the enemy, like I said, the enemy will capitalize on your current state to sell to you an alternate identity. He may come to you, let's again, let's assume you don't have money. He'll come to you and says, "Ah, uh-uh, Look at you, you are poor now, you don't have any money. All this time you've been serving God, there's nothing to show for it. Or he'll come to you and say, uh-uh, You call yourself a Christian, you've been applying for this thing since, it has not even come. Hmm. Are you sure you are serving God? Are you sure you're a Christian? And then he begins to introduce depression. And depression basically is a deviation from your identity in Christ. Do you understand that? So he came to, um, Um, to Jesus in verse three and said, if thou be the son of God. Already God had told Jesus, you are the son of God. You are my son and I'm well pleased with you. But the devil came and said, if you are the son of God, questioning his identity. And I said here that the enemy's greatest attack is on our identity. Every time the devil comes, he always comes to question your identity. Always. From From those that, in fact, People that indulge um, um, that that in sexual sins, it is a matter of misplaced identity. People that steal money is a matter of misplaced identity. Listen, there's nobody that has an accurate identity, accurate knowledge of the identity in Christ that will indulge in an activity that is outside that identity. Because the knowledge of our identity is what regulates our activities. Hallelujah. Okay? So let's continue. Verse 4. But, uh, okay, verse three says, if thou be the son of man, son of God, sorry, command that these stones be made bread. But Jesus answered and said, it is written shall not only by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Father. Praise Jesus. So our, the, great, the, um, the enemy's greatest attack, like I said, will always come from the place of our identity. And just think about this, right? You might have been in seasons of your life where you were almost given into pressure, what the enemy was trying to sell to you is that he was trying to sell a, an identity that is not from God. Because once you know who you are in Christ, they, there's a confidence that comes from it and you cannot be shaking. Hallelujah. Okay, let's continue. So I said also that the enemy tries to suggest an alternate path to becoming who God has already made you to be. And uh, let me read, okay, let me, let me read that again. The enemy tries to suggest an alternate path to becoming who God has already made you to be. Let me tell you this, that when you come to Christ, most of the things we are seeking for, God has already made us those things. And they may not yet be manifesting, but it doesn't change the fact that we have already been that. Let me give a practical example. When it comes to the matter of, to the issue of um, healing and working in perfect health, Peter said, He himself bore our infirmities and and took our sicknesses upon him on the cross. He says, by whose stripes we have been healed. He says, past tense, we have been healed. Meaning, from God's perspective, we have already been healed. Now, it's possible for a believer at that current um, instance to be sick. But in God's record, the Bible says you have already been healed. Now, what the enemy begins to do is that he capitalizes on your current Feelings, your current experiences, your current physical, tangible experiences, he capitalizes on it and tries to sell you the fact that he said, You now begin saying, No, you are not healed now. If you are healed, why are you feeling a headache? If you are healed, why is your stomach still hurting you? If you are healed, why is there still pain on your leg? And then he begins to sell towards an alternate path of becoming healed. Meanwhile, God says, We are already healed. Do you understand what I'm saying? The enemy could begin to suggest alternate path of saying, Oh, go and see one. Um, one see one native doctor somewhere that ah he's very powerful or whatever suggestion the enemy begins to bring because that is the trick of the devil. he tries to suggest to you an alternate path of becoming who you are who God has already made you to be and remember when he came to when he met Eve at the garden he said uh, don't worry, just God doesn't want you if you eat this food you become like God. Meanwhile, they have already been made like God, but he was suggesting an alternate path for them to become Something that God has already made them to be, all right? And that's the trick of the enemy. Okay, and I said here that, and and this is very powerful. Let let me read it, then I'll explain it. God says, you are, so you can do. Whereas the devil says, do, so that you can become. Let me take that again. God says, you are, so therefore you can do. That means, because you you are this and that, therefore you can do. But the devil says, do so that you can become. Let me explain to you. For, to explain, I need to go back to Genesis chapter, chapter 1 and chapter 3. So Genesis chapter 1, right, look at what it says in verse 26. And God said, let us make man in our image in our likeness, and then let them have dominion. So God made man in his image, and then because of that, they could exercise dominion god did not say exercise dominion so that you become in my image no he first made us in our image meaning he first gave us an identity and then the identity fuels our activity whereas the enemy comes and tries to reverse that process the enemy tries to say engage in an activity so that you can get an identity do you understand this now and that is the that if you that is the trick of the devil so god says god gives us an identity and the identity fuels our activities. But the devil comes and says, no, you must engage in an activity be- so that you can become, you can earn an, earn an identity. And look at what he said to, um, to to Eve in Genesis chapter 3. He said that God knows that the moment you eat this food, your eyes will be open and you will become like God. So do you understand now? He was Asking if to engage in an identity, so in an activity, so that she can earn an identity. Whereas God says, you, I have given you this identity and let this identity fuel your activities. All right? And this is the trick of the devil. So the devil might come to you and say, uh, he might come to, <clears throat> he might come to, um, let's say he might come to, let's say someone that doesn't have money, he says, uh-uh, go and get this money so that you'll be rich. But God says, no, I have made you rich. So go and get this money. Do you understand what I'm saying? Simply put, the, God puts identity before activity. The enemy puts activity before identity. And that is why when you come to Christ Jesus, right? God first makes you, gives you an identity. He first gives you a new identity in Christ. And then he expects that that identity should inform your subsequent activities. Whereas the works of the law, Says that you need to walk, walk and do something so that you can become, you can earn an identity. I, I hope this is clear enough. All right, so please don't fall prey to the to the trick of the devil. All right, so we are wrapping up right now, and I just want to have, um, just want, uh, want us rather right to have a discussion session. Um, you know what? This First Corinthians chapter six, verse fifteen to twenty, that I put on my slide. Let us keep that. We'll look at it next week, okay, for the sake of time. So let's go to a discussion session quickly. um, Why so far from all we've discussed and from what you know from your study of the Bible as a diligent student, why is it important we understand our identity in God? Why is this even so important in the first place? Can't I just be living my life and enjoying myself? Why is it important that we understand our identity in God, all right? So, I'm um, looking out for responses from us. So, I'm going to stop sharing my, my slide right now. Let me read the question one more time. Why is it important we understand our identity in God? Okay, someone should please go ahead and share with us. Um, whether you're on Mixed LR or you are on Zoom, um, please, we are looking out for your responses. Why is it important for us to understand our identity in God? Um, Anybody wants to volunteer or do you want me to
1: call you out? Someone to the rescue.
0: Okay. Um, let me see trauma. Do you want to help us from your understanding? from what we shared today, from scriptures, why do you think oh. it's important to understand identity? Yes.
3: Good evening, everyone. I knew, I knew you were going to call me.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> but,
3: but anyways, I believe it's important to have identity or to know our identity in Christ so that we can face like life. Because in life, we have so many activities and so many um, situations that can shake in your, like your stand in Christ or just you basically but if you have an identity i know that oh okay i am i am in the image of god i have dominion and i mean god made me um in his own image i think it gives you confidence to face situations mm-hmm. and life in general and even challenges when they arise
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah thank you very much awesome that's that's very true and very powerful so when we know our identities it's easier to Face the circumstances of, circumstances of life and um, challenge challenge them. Amazing. Um, let me read a chat before I take the next person. Sumi put in the chat, she says, so that we can be able to stand our ground and resist temptation. Amazing. Very similar to what um, shoma said as well. Okay, one more person wants to help us. Why is it important for us to know our identity in Christ? Why is it important for us? Um Esther,
4: are you saying something? I had somebody's voice. That's why I I had to. It's like someone wants to answer, that's why I kept quiet.
0: Okay, no, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Nobody's answering.
4: All right. Thank you. So um I although I didn't join early, but the part I met was on Michelle's. I was able to follow. So I'm joining Zoom because I want to answer the question. Now um uh first I want to go through this um angle. You know, if you buy an uh, if you buy any electronic device, not let's say for instance television,
1: mm-hmm. uh
4: comes come with manual and it's if you want to understand how it operates, you it's good to go to the manual. Yeah. So they, you use the device very well. The durability, how to uh, um, the durability is enhanced, how to maintain the um Devices there and it will last You know how to maintain the device and all. So, yes, we need to know who we are in Christ Jesus so that we can. Our life can let me put it this way: start so I enjoy life in quote, yes, generally. Yeah. But there's something that happened, and then in addition to that, something yeah. someone, someone said something one of these on Sunday to me, and I was wondering, like, why would this person? think that someone of, mine okay, let me tell you now, it's a rule uh, where she was saying, I hope you pray very well, oh, this issue of witches and wizards, oh. witches and wizards, so I said, where I am, the atmosphere does not tolerate that, mm. we don't, so I was discussing with a friend of mine, and I said, why would such a person think that me, like this, you can come and frighten me, you know, the, so we were now, we now got talking, and we, and we, we got to point and say, well, you know who you are in Christ? There are some things that, if so, in fact, if you if you are oppressed in the dream, or if you are oppressed or attacked, you will not be afraid. You rather get angry. Mm-hmm. It's to it happen to you. That's because you know who you are in Christ. According yeah. to some rules and regulations, this is not supposed to happen to you. Mm-hmm. You are tempted. You are cut out. You are, in fact, you are rooted in Christ. So some things are not permitted to happen to you.
1: Yeah. You know
4: knowing who you are in Christ gives you audacity, God's courage mm-hmm. to face whatever. So if, if, if some things are happening to me now is because I've not learned permit me to use the word I've not learned the for want of what I've not yeah. learned the technique or the mystery or the chemistry behind mm-hmm. that kind of thing Once, no devil can mm-hmm. oppress me that no devil in that area can oppress me the Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge.
0: Amazing, amazing. Thank you very much. So when we know our identity in Christ, we can. We are bold, we are confident, we know what can, what can happen around us and what can't happen around us. Thank you very much for that. God bless you. All right, let me just read one more comment from um, um, Cecil says, it's important to know our identity so we can remind ourselves and don't fall prey to the deception right of the devil thank you very much um many deceptions come because people don't know their identity i mean someone tells a lady if you don't if you don't sleep with me you'll never have a job like you don't you're just a human being you don't control the air all right so that and, and if your lady falls for that it's because she doesn't know her identity in christ okay she doesn't know who she is she doesn't probably doesn't even know <clears throat> she doesn't know god so well enough to defend herself in such situation okay um so yes it's amazing to know her identity Okay, one more comment. And I just want to hear from one person what you've learned today that you're taking, you're going with. um, Okay, maybe two people. What you learned today that you're going with and then we will close. What have you learned today that blessed your heart? That was, um, um, yeah, you know, that I learned basically that you, that that God impressed on your heart. Either from what we're studying or maybe you just dropped your heart. I probably didn't even say, but it came to your heart.
3: Okay, so... Basically, um, this is trauma again. And yeah. so res- recently I've been, well, that's, I've been having mood swings and it l- looks like this message is just coming at the right time um, and God is just said, okay, now I'm confirming what you know before, but then I'm reconfirming it again that mm-hmm. I'm with you and I, you are of me and then just be courageous and probably speak to the mood or speak to the situation and it will work in your favor so basically that's what that's what's just it's just confirming what, what i already know but then i probably forgot and let the devil you know do me any else more but then mm-hmm. God is just saying you see you see you see you're my baby so i mean
0: all right amazing amazing that's really awesome thank you very much for sharing okay one more person what did you learn today that um you're going back with remember that you can type in your comments i'll just read it out for us all right one more person what did you learn today um can i call on ogolua if you are there please share with us one thing you learned today that you are going back with don't forget to unmute your mic so we can hear you ogolua if you're there um go ahead if you're there
1: okay good evening everybody hi good evening Um... Yeah, okay, so I have a bit of network glitch, so I, I just hope everybody can hear me properly though. However, yeah, no, no. um okay, thank you. I think uh, I've I've just I have I personally though, I've just had more enlightenment on you know the identity, understanding the identity of who you are. Mm-hmm. And that is basically the that is basically the headway to focus, that's basically the headway way to navigate every sort of obstacle the devil comes with. Mm -hmm. Because one way or another, it is still targeting your identity, targeting who you are, understanding that, okay, you have dominion even more than he does. Mm -hmm. So making sure or wanting you to know that, or wanting you to doubt yourself, Mm-hmm. So as to then ask, begin to ask questions. Okay, I mean, yes, it's the devil. I mean, he's a fallen angel. Okay, so maybe, but then when you understand the identity of who you are, when you know that, okay, after God, like we always say, after God, now you. Mm-hmm. And then that that perspective, that knowledge, yeah. let you understand. Okay, this guy is just basically coming to do the three things he has we all know he wants to do that's to kill to steal and to destroy if mm-hmm. he cannot kill he wants to steal so he wants to steal your identity in such a way that you do not understand who you are you do not know who you are but regarding anything it might, it might be issues at your job it might be issues in relationships anything basically but mm-hmm. I have just understood that or I have just had more enlightenment in the thought of the knowledge of that so i've, I've been really blessed this is done i'm glad that i actually joined thank you thank you very much Ugolu. god bless you for
0: sharing all right so let's let's wrap up with a word of prayer together um, and i just want you to pray personally right um wherever you are right now i just pray a, a very simple prayer and the prayer is this that god would enlighten your eyes to the understanding of your identity in christ jesus amen let's pray and we're asking God to enlighten our eyes to the understanding of our identity in God in him in Christ Jesus that we will know who we truly are because the depth of of who God has made us to be it is I don't think we can exhaust it while here on earth It well, it is so great just like the psalmist said that what is man that you are mindful of him right so I want to pray and say Lord enlighten my eyes Help me to realize and understand who you have made me to be in the name of Jesus Christ. Let us pray in the name of Jesus, Father. We pray that you enlighten our eyes, grant us understanding, help us to realize and understand who you have made us to be. Let us be. Let us not be oblivious to who we are in Christ Jesus. Let our understanding be be furnished and 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 um, enhanced. With the knowledge of who we are in you from your our original intention, from the original intention rather you had in mind when you created us to so our unique specific um, identity in Christ Jesus. Lord, help us to understand this in the name of Jesus Christ. We have prayed. Amen. So, Father, we pray in the I pray in the name of Jesus Christ for everyone um listening to me right now and those who will listen um later on. I ask Father that you grant. Toward the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of understanding will be enlightened to know our identity in you, that we would come to terms with who you have made us to be, that we would walk in our identity. You know, um some Psalms 82 says, I've said that you are God and your children of the most high God. He says, But because of that, you, you because you do not know, right? says the you die like mere men, and the Bible says that my people perish for lack of knowledge. We pray, Father, that. You furnish us with the requisite knowledge, giving us um, strength, giving us boldness, giving us confidence in who you have made us to be in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, everlasting Father, for understanding and wisdom in today's um, um, Bible study. To you be all the glory and all the praise for in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. All right. Um, one announcement, or no, no, two announcements actually before we go. Number one is that we're starting our prayer clusters next week. Um, prayer clusters is a cell-like um, prayer group where everyone is, everyone is grouped in smaller cells, and um, those cells are for the purpose of prayer. So, the, in each each prayer cluster, we call them each cluster. Everyone meets. Everyone in the cluster meets once a week together to pray. The purpose of this is that. There's power in corporate prayers. There's power in unity, right? And it is difficult for um, people who are on fire together to 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 burn. You know, the Bible says that um, a threefold threefold cord is not easily broken. If if you remember, uh, like firewood, right? Or take coal, for instance, charcoal. It's easy for a it's easy for a piece of charcoal to quench than for when it is together with other pools all right so we are we are creating an environment where people's fire can keep burning together um, together for God and there's no moment in your life where you are dry like that you know so instead of having a, having down moments the people in your prayer cell will provide sufficient fire for you to be consistent okay so i'm dropping the link right now in the chat and i really encourage every one of us to join so that's the link for prayer cluster let me drop it as well in the in our mixer so please join our prayer clusters and um, we'll start from next week. That's number one. Number two is, please, we're calling for volunteers who will help us with social media and with also designs. Please, if you are skillful in this area, uh, please reach out to me personally or just drop in a group and say I'm interested in volunteering in our WhatsApp group. I would reach out to you. and we'll talk further. Or if you're not in the WhatsApp group but you're on this call, you can drop it. on are on this... Um, meeting right now I can drop it right now in the chat and i will just reach out to you so i wouldn't leave immediately so please we need volunteers people that will help us with our social media people that will help us with designs as well um, creating content um, deploying content and all of that so please if you are skillful or you are willing in that area kindly reach out even if you are not very skillful but you are willing just reach out and we'll find a way around that okay god bless you thanks for joining us today have a wonderful time um, have a wonderful rest of the evening. We continue with this series next week. Um, on Tuesday, same time, same venue. One more announcement I just remembered. We're having a fiscal meeting at the end of this month in Lagos. All right. And then there's one more announcement I would announce next week. But yeah, just know we're having a fiscal meeting end of this mo- end of this month in Lagos. So please be in Lagos, book your calendar. The date is on the 27th of 27th of November. The flyers and other things will be displayed to us very soon. All right, that's it from here. God bless you. See you next week. Same time, same venue, same link, same Holy
1: Spirit. God bless you.